This ain't no game show. This is life. I am the incognito athlete, and I have so much to gain by losing 100 pounds. Are you with me? Let's do this. Heck yeah. Welcome and thanks for joining me today. This is Erica, the incognito athlete, for my first full episode of my 100-pound journey. Oh my gosh, that sounds so scary. Anyway, I'm kicking off today with a little scene setting for you to help us all get a better sense of how to answer the question, how the hell did I get here? (laughs) But before I get into all of that, what I want to do is give my uh, listeners, you fine folks who are listening to me today, a sense of what these episodes are going to look like and what you can gain from it each time you join me uh, every week. So uh, initially what I want to do is just kind of start out with what my goals have been um, for the last week and go over um, how things went. Uh, And I'm calling those my PRs and misfires. So uh, for those of you who are not familiar with the term PR, it means personal record, uh, something that I picked up when I joined CrossFit. Um, I was always after the, the PR. Could I lift more this week? That sort of thing. And obviously those misfires are things that are going to happen. I mean, our body's a machine, right? So um, they're going to be weeks when things just don't go right. Um, and that's that's the fact of the matter when you're trying to approach something as monumental as, as losing, losing so much weight. In recent years too, I've really spent a lot of time looking at the things in life that I'm grateful for. And I've dubbed those things as my daily glitter. So I'm going to be bringing a lot of glitter also to our conversations um, as sources of inspiration uh, for all of you. And I'm going to be equally eager to find out what glitter keeps you guys going too. You know, and as I say that, I want to reiterate, if you haven't already listened to my previous short explaining the the goal of this docu-podcast, this is not just about me, okay? I'm definitely going to be talking a lot about myself, but I'm putting it all out there for your benefit um, as, as well as my own. I want to make sure you're getting as much out of this as I am. Once, I, once the recap is completed, we're going to dive right into the main topic of each episode. I'll be going over a lot of different things, ranging from uh, mental wellness to nutrition, as well as uh, fitness insights. So there's going to be a mashup of all different kinds of things, which is really just important uh, for this kind of a journey. There's there's no quick fix. Uh, there's no magic pill. Believe me, I've tried them. <laughs> and so I'm, I'm really focused on this being a well-rounded experience that's educational and informative for you guys too. Wrapping things up, uh, we will have the weekly weigh-in, which is super exciting for you guys. Not so much for me at the moment, <laughs> but but it's something worth doing, making sure that I'm staying accountable to myself and to the listeners too, so that you can, you can learn from my experiences. There's no better way to wrap up an episode than with a good motivational message, so I'll be sharing those with you each week as well. Sound like a plan? Good. So then let's get into this. This week's uh, focus is, as I said earlier, how the hell did I get here? 
Okay. So this is probably one of the most serious episodes that I will put out there because it is very personal and it's putting it all out on the table. And that is something that a lot of us just don't do because we walk around with our protective armor. We don't want to be judged. We don't want to feel hurt. Uh, We don't want to be scrutinized. But what fun is there in just hiding behind the curtains all the time, right? In fact, I said this to somebody the other day. I'm like, if we just talked to each other about belly aches and our feelings and things like that, we would have mastered life by now. If we really just shared what was going on with how we're operating through life, I think we would be in a lot less, we would, we would have a lot less struggles, but whatever, you know, life is, is, is a, an experience to learn and to learn in our own ways. So here I am, um, putting myself out there in hopes that I can, I can offer you some insight that's, that will, um, help you find your happiness. Before I even began this journey, I knew that I could not do it alone. In fact, I wanted to release this podcast like months ago and it just never felt right. And I knew why it was because I was doing it by myself. Not that I, I'm not capable. I, you know, I've done a lot of work to, to improve my confidence and to remind myself that I know how to do things and that I am capable. I am educated. I'm experienced. Um, I have things to say. And sometimes they're funny and sometimes they're not, but, but I'm, you know, I, I, I've got all the good intentions and sometimes that's all that really counts. However, I have tried doing things by myself a lot and I have failed a lot and it's because I'm not an expert. Again, uh, I, I don't have any certifications. I don't have multiple degrees in this area. I'm just another person out there who's trying to win at life. And so I've, I've found coaches to support me, uh, when I need, when I need the assistance, the guidance and the programming. And, you know, some, some of you may not have that capability. I realize that, um, engaging coaches is also a financial, um, commitment as well. But I'll tell you what, if you surround yourself with people who support you, that's just as good. Uh, which is why I actually invited my first guest uh, to be on this episode with me. And he's my husband, Frank. You want to say hey? Hi. Hello. How are you? <laughs> Hi, everybody. I'm excited to be here along with Erica while she travels on her journey, in her journey to better her uh, body, her mind, and her heart. And this is why this guy is so awesome. <laughs> because he he really does encourage me to to speak my truth, um, even when it's kind of ugly and hateful, even toward him or myself. And I wanted him to be here with me, not only as moral support, but also just to really demonstrate how critical it is to have people in your corner, people who really, they, they don't judge, you know, having been with Frank now for three years, um, I know that he's not judging me and I know that he's happy with me as I am. Um, but he also knows I'm not happy with myself and that I'm not happy with the status of my health more than anything. Um, and so 
I'm grateful, Frank, for that you're able to sit here with me, that you're that you're choosing to sit here with me today and support me. It's it's kind of overwhelming. And I um, I encourage all of you to really look at the people that you have in your own lives. Um, it may not be your spouse. You know, maybe a best friend. It might be a neighbor. It might be someone at your gym. Just people who can get on board with what you're doing and give you those out of girls, out of boys every once in a while mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. when when things get a little tough. I will point out, I didn't choose to be here. I am honored to be oh, here. Oh, so that's my guy. <laughs> so um, interestingly enough, Frank and I met through CrossFit yep. and we were almost at a similar point in our lives um as far as our wellness was concerned Mm -hmm. we had tried some different things um and we really found that crossfit in the community is what we needed it also uh spoke to our desire to compete with ourselves and challenge ourselves and in talking more about our lives we actually have a lot of parallels to and similar experiences yeah which is another reason why I wanted him to join me here today to offer um, even another perspective about some of the things that may have led both he and I even to this point in our lives. My story may not be exceptionally unique. A lot of you who are listening have probably had very similar experiences that I have. I'm hoping that some of what I tell you is going to resonate with you. You know, so you can, I can, we can become closer through this whole journey Um, A lot of people liken the experience of weight gain and weight loss and being healthy and unhealthy to a roller coaster. But as I was preparing for this episode, I almost thought it's a little more like a haunted house. You know, I get Mm -hmm. on this ride. I've never liked haunted houses. Um, But you get on it and it's just this circle and it's every turn. There's like something in, you know, jumping out at you. Um, and it's, it's terrifying and you just feel like you're never going to be able to get off of this thing. And that's really how I felt until recently. Um, you know, and I look back at my life and I grew up as part of a nuclear family of four in rural Pennsylvania. I mean, to be honest, I wanted for nothing. You know, we were middle class, upper middle class. I had clothes in my dresser. There was food in the fridge. We had toys and technology. Um, I remember when we got our first dial-up modem. That was a big deal, (laughs) (laughs) you know. And so my my folks were always very caring, um, loving, and and nurturing. But I have to I have to point out that this was I was an '80s baby, okay. And so things were a lot different back then. I was raised on on kids' cuisine, canned vegetables, right? Mm Mm-hmm. Frank, I don't know about you, but I used to chug some juicy juice like all day long. I was a Yoohoo kid. You don't know. <laughs> Yoohoo's or Squeeze It's. <laughs> if you remember Squeeze It's. I don't I didn't have those, but you know, I, I I do remember also my parents always had vegetables on our plate too. So, you know, even if it did come from a can, you know, they always had the best intentions to to make sure that I ate a lot of a lot of different foods and not just junk food all the time. Mm-hmm. I, in fact, I remember this one time that they made me sit at the table in the dark because I wouldn't finish my lima beans. Oh no! I know that was so. That happened to me with cheesy potato au gratins, which doesn't sound bad 
but for some reason I just did not want them. <laughs> and I sat, I remember sitting there for hours. Well, secret time, I don't like cheese a whole lot. And so I probably would have been sitting there with you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, as I look back, there are a lot of really early memories where things things started to really hit me hard when it came to nutrition and wellness and weight. Mm -hmm. And I actually remember I had to have been only like five years old. I was enjoying some lovely broccoli on my plate, sitting around the table with a bunch of family members. And my cousin was just relentlessly making fun of me for eating broccoli. I mean, she was like gagging and, yeah. you know, making fun of me because I liked something so gross. And I, I mean, I love broccoli as a kid and I, I don't even remember being like upset or embarrassed, but I just couldn't understand why I was being judged for it. Cause I was so young, mm -hmm. you know? And like that here I am, I'm like almost 37 and I still maintain that memory. It yeah. clearly affected me. It had an uh, impact. And then, you know, I also remember in elementary school how we had to go down to the nurse's office and get our height, weight, and hearing checked. See, I've do done, you, yeah, I've done that. You had to do that? Yeah. And that was fine until this one instance, and I wish I could remember how old I was, but all of the kids were standing around in the hallway or we waiting to be led back to our classroom. Mm -hmm. And everyone started talking about how much they weighed and they were comparing. And I knew I was heavier than the others, but I didn't think it was like bad. I just didn't want to share. And someone drug it out of me. And I remember his jaw dropping the to the floor and He's like, oh, my God, you're so heavy. And he literally walked around and told everybody about my weight. And they all started whispering about me. And it was like, I just couldn't, I couldn't wrap my head around. It was so bare, embarrassing and so awful. And I swore that I would never tell anybody my weight again. Mm -hmm. Kids can be really cruel like that. I mean, again, like that That's sticks, with me. sticks with me. And so then it's like I had an awareness I guess I never really let it bother me or maybe I just kind of accepted it that I mm -hmm. wasn't like everybody else. Um, but to make matters worse, um, we had to do this presidential physical fitness test. I don't know how many years they did that, mm -hmm. but it was something that was mandatory for us, which seemed like every freaking year. You and you, you told me you didn't have to do this, right? I didn't have to do that. Um, middle school, we had twice a year in gym class where they'd give us like little physical activities that we all had to complete, and that was kind of like our test for the year. Mm. One of them was like a shuttle run, so you had yeah. to ru run down, grab a block, bring it back, run down, grab a second one, bring it back, or they'd have you do how many sit ups you can do mm -hmm. in a minute, and I can remember struggling on that. There was, there was one other one, but then it was all, then they would have fun with it, and you'd have a group of nine people, and you'd have to build a human pyramid as fast as you can. Oh my god! Um, I was always the bottom, but the other one was the mile run. So you basically did have to do these. These are some of the same activities, but I remember yeah. in elementary school, like having to do pull-ups. I'm like, are yeah, you serious? I, I didn't start doing anything like that till middle school. Well. What made matters worse was they had to check our body fat. 
What? They took those awful like C-clamp calipers uh-huh. and they would pinch the skin on the back of our arms to determine how fat we were. I've never heard of anything like that. It's like they're setting you up as cattle. It was terrible and I hated it. Oh my gosh. So anyway, I, I digress. We won't talk about that anymore. I hope that wasn't traumatic for anybody. But seriously, like, I mean, I I feel like there was a, there were good intentions with all of these things. Mm-hmm. However, I ended up feeling so inadequate as a result. And it was like, uh, and I was identified as something. Yeah. I was labeled as something. And there was no game plan to communicate to me that something needed to be done about it. I wasn't told if I was in a good or a bad bracket or I wasn't at that time taught about, you know, better eating habits or mm-hmm. anything like that. I mean, maybe they talked about it, but they they would talk about nutrition and then they would feed us chocolate milk and potato sticks for snacks. So, yeah. like, I mean, it was completely counterproductive. Anyway, um, thank heaven, the heaviest girl in class here she um grew up and joined soccer and so like i i started playing and at least i was active and um i do remember comparing myself you know to the other girls and i i thought like i'm still fat even though i was a size 10 um i might have even been smaller than that like i don't even know and but but everyone else it seemed like everyone else around me was wearing like a 4 mm-hmm. and so it it was challenging for me to even see myself as pretty at that time. And I mean, even then I recall, you know, not having the interest of any boys in the class, like all the other girls were dating, you know, like in sixth grade and stuff like that. And I, there, there was nothing going on for me. So I assumed I was like this hideous outcast, Mm -hmm. you know, um, I would not be surprised that, even during that time, unbeknownst to me, I was using food for comfort because mm-hmm. I, I do remember learning about the, the food pyramid, that old nineties food pyramid yeah, with the candy on top. Right. Yeah. I mean, yeah. like there was room for that, right? There's room for candy. If and it's just carbs are bit. the base. Mm-hmm. Load up on them bread. Yeah. Bread, rice and pastas. <laughs> well, I mean, you know me being growing up in an Italian family, pasta or macaroni. That was, that was the, cornerstone of any nutrition yes well and i mean i come from an eastern european descent but we we grew up in a um my family was heavily influenced by the italian communities as Mm -hmm. well so i mean we ate pasta like at least once a week Mm -hmm. love them spaghetti and meatballs (laughs) so but i do remember like moments where i would i'd be sneaking candy um and i do remember that we would have like seconds and thirds at dinner mm-hmm. and it was it was actually kind of like a bonding time to have dessert and make massive sundays at night you know and and it was fun and kind of like uh you know you look at going out to the bar now like it's fun you're going out with people and you're gonna drink and you're gonna let loose and mm-hmm. it's like you know that's where a lot of that mentality kind of came from i think for me it's like oh we're gonna go out to eat and celebrate and get whatever you want and let's yeah. get a dessert that it's okay to do those things and go to excess with nutrition if you're celebrating something yeah there's there are okay times for that and i do think that there are okay times for that but it's i don't 
I don't necessarily know that I subscribe to assigning it to an event mm-hmm. in a, and an occasion, um, especially for like developing minds mm-hmm. because then it becomes the norm. Yeah. What did we have as kids? Whenever there was a party, what what was it? It was a pizza party. Pizza party with cake and ice cream. Yep. You know, those were the all those were all the parties that everybody had as a kid, and that's what you looked forward to. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't so much the activities, it's the food. Exactly. And, you know, even even more recently, you know, we were having a conversation with somebody about like a menu. And they said, well, what about the kids? What are they eating? And I'm like, the same stuff as Mm -hmm. us. We're making brisket. We're going to have corn on the cob. We're having vegetables. That's what the kids eat. We're not feeding them chicken nuggets and mac and cheese. When did that become kid food? Yeah, as soon as the the kids were able to eat regular food, they ate whatever was made. Yeah. There's no more baby food once you grew out of baby food. And I'm sure that we'll probably have a whole nother episode about that, too. Uh, But I but I do feel like a lot of that is the foundation for, you know, what what kind of led me into my choices later on in life Um, when I became a little bit more free, Mm -hmm. you know, as I got into high school uh, and and into college. Absolutely. I, I can remember. Soon as I was able to, soon as I was able to start buying my own food, mm-hmm. not so much what was bought or that's in the house. Soon as I was able to buy my own food, that's when it really got bad. Because I had a group of friends that we would celebrate our Fridays. It's Fat F Friday, mm. and we would go out to different places and just gorge ourselves with food. I specifically, we went to White Castle and ordered a hundred burgers. And between three of us, we sat down and see how much we can eat. Wow. We ordered four large pizzas. See how much we can eat. We went to the local grocery store and bought 20 boxes of Hot Pockets, two per box. So we had 40 Hot Pockets. We took every single one of them, put them in the oven and then decided to see how much we can eat of those. And we weren't even drinking then. We weren't of drinking age, so it's not like we were coupling we weren't coupling booze on top of that, which I guess would have been really bad, but that was how we celebrated ourselves by just eating our faces. Well, and then for me, I remember making some of those choices too and it was to fit in. Uh so I think I've always dealt with some self-confidence issues, Mm -hmm. um, you know, due to, you know, the ever changing relationships that come from middle school and high school. Yeah. And so it's like, if, if the friends are getting pizza, well, you're going to eat pizza too. And if everyone's getting the, the pasta with the extra meatballs in the cafeteria, why won't you too? Or the healthy, quote, healthy items who that are in the cafeteria at school were like the canned green beans yeah. and mixed, you know, vegetables with corn and like soggy cauliflower. Of course, I'm going to walk to the other side and get a piece of pizza. Yeah. If not for anything to just not be ridiculed by your peers. Well, yeah, there's that too. And so, you know, I, I do... There, there, there's this, there's this path that I chose of following others in order to fit in. Mm-hmm. And it led to a lot of different things for me. And I think slowly over time, year after year, 
my self-confidence actually diminished and my own voice just kind of went away. And I was so content with just making other people happy, like the Mm -hmm. ultimate people pleaser. And there was a lot of depression in that, especially when I wasn't accepted, when I felt like I was putting myself out there and bending over backward to be liked. And I wasn't getting what I wanted out of it, which was really just like friendship or companionship. It came to a head with a lot of the um, like romantic relationships Mm. that I chose where I was putting myself in the position of um, being part of or dealing with risky behavior. There was a lot of narcissism. I was drawn to people who were, um, who had the confidence maybe that I wanted, but even to the extreme, I witnessed and dealt with a lot of alcoholism and drug abuse and drug addiction. And all the while I just felt smaller and smaller to the point where I was afraid of, um, abandonment. Mm -hmm. And I, I distinctly remember moments where I would just binge on food. And so if I was like by myself, on a Friday night, I would go get like a bucket of chicken or a whole pizza, or I would order Domino's and get pizza wings and breadsticks. And then one of those giant like Sutter home bottles of wine, mm-hmm. the white Zim, and I would house it all. Oh wait, no, there was also at least two packs of gummy candy that I would have on top of that. It was disgusting. Yep. It, I did, I've done that same thing. Nobody else is home. I went out to Papa John's, got pizza, got wings and a 12-pack of beer. And you bet your ass, I had every bit of that in a single night. And I just, you know, I don't want to place blame on anybody else other than myself because these are the choices that I made. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I just know that it was the experiences in my life that led me to that point. Right. You know, and I, I wish that I had been able to maintain the confidence that maybe I did have as a, as a teenager throughout the next decade of my life because then I went down this other path of oh my god like this guy is going to break up with me and leave me if I don't get thin and so then I started running like crazy and I was using diet pills and doing all kinds of things just to make him happy Mm -hmm. and I guess I was happy because I was making him happy, but I was so lost. Like my own personality was just gone, you know, and none of it was for me and my own wellness, especially with all the, you know, crap I was putting in my body. Mm -hmm. I know exactly what you mean. So that's why I was really grateful when uh, the universe threw a CrossFit ad in my, in my face. And I, I, again, I was, I'm just speaking, speaking the truth here. Like I had no confidence and I didn't believe in myself, but I did want to change. And I remember watching in the video that there was a a girl who was even heavier than I was at the time who was doing a pull up. And Mm -hmm. I thought, Oh my God. Again, it took me all the way back to that damn presidential fitness test and how I couldn't do a pull up back then. And I'm thinking if this girl can do it and CrossFit can help me to be strong and to you know, get fit, then maybe I can handle it. But I, I had seen a lot of extreme workouts that were associated with CrossFit. So I just didn't know if I could handle it. You know, Mm -hmm. I come from more of like the Zumba world, you know, where no offense to Zumba. I love me some Zumba. It's just, it's, 
not as high impact, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I, I consulted like everybody I could who knew about CrossFit and I signed up and thank God I did because mm-hmm. I was addicted to it at that point. I loved the challenge. As I said earlier, the, the competition with myself is, has always been a thing. I want to be able to, to do more and, you know, but I, I would say even at that point I had a probably unhealthy competitive side with myself because yeah. I would then degrade myself and shame myself and and then also sabotage myself if i wasn't performing up to my own standards and say oh well screw it i may as well order pizza anyway yeah you know if i wasn't meeting my marks whether Mm -hmm. it was uh, a pr in lifting or even weight loss Mm -hmm. um and so despite all of that the community the connection that i built with frank and and then in our decision to get married Mm-hmm. Uh, r- really helped bring me back to a sense of who I actually am as a human. Um, but even despite that, despite the fact that I got all my shit together, I took control back control over my life in yeah. many, many ways. All this other stuff kind of surfaced, you know, and we, we together have experienced a lot of stressors with hardships and, you know, people who don't align with, you know, how we like to operate in our life. Yeah. You know, I, I, I say when we got, uh, when we first started dating, we were probably in the best shape of either one of our lives. Mm-hmm. And slowly as our love grew and as our relationship grew, we encountered other stressors in our lives that slowly led us to not take as much notice to our outer selves even though we our inner selves were growing our outer selves were also growing in the way we did it i know but that's the thing i think you know that phrase fat and happy is part of it you know we just wanted to be together and be happy and Mm -hmm. make fun meals and you know and show each other love through food which is what we learned that's part of our culture too which we'll talk about in another episode yeah it's probably why we went down that path yeah the italian and the eastern european cultures they speak through food Mm -hmm. uh speak their love through food and, um, but then also, you know, all of the other stressors, I th- think challenged us in a way that we weren't prefa- prepared for. Mm-hmm. And so we reverted back to a lot of our old ways yeah. for comfort. Yeah. And fortunately we have such a similar background that we can relate to each other. However, unfortunately we also have a lot of the same bad habits and so we almost like enabled each other mm. by saying, hey, get me another whiskey. Like, let's make another charcuterie. Who did you forget to get the salami? Like, yeah. That's all we did. Yeah. How many months did we just eat the, salami and cheese? So <laughs> it's probably a year ago, a little more than a year ago that we moved into our house. Mm-hmm. And more than more than that. More almost two years ago, we got engaged, mm-hmm. and so we get in this in the span that we let ourselves become what we became. We got engaged, we bo- uh, we moved into a new house, we got married, and then we bought that house. And in that same time, with all of these happy things going on, we were also sabotaging ourselves the whole time mm-hmm. because we had all these things to celebrate. But we were celebrating in the wrong way. And then we just kept going that path because it became easy. 
Well, yeah, because that's what we were used to. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure all of you guys listening to, hopefully some of these things are ringing true for you too, that it's, it's easy to fall into to old habits and it's hard to reprogram your mind and it's difficult to, to reason with yourself in that moment when you don't want to cook and you, it would just be so much easier to hit the drive through mm-hmm. that it's not good for us mm-hmm. in, in every single way, physically, mentally, and emotionally. Right. You know, I, I, I see, I couldn't, I got to the point where I couldn't even wear my clothes. I started wearing leggings and tunics mm-hmm. to work and, you know, all of the pretty dresses and things that I had gotten for my new job, couldn't wear them anymore. And I just ignored it until I got to the point, I wonder what, what compelled me to weigh myself? I think I just like broke down and I was like, I think you finally just said enough is enough. Yeah. And I can't really even put my finger on why I ended up weighing myself, but I just knew I would, I had come too far. I think I caught myself in the mirror and I was like, Holy shit, Mm -hmm. you know? And I already knew it was bad. But then in that moment I thought, Oh gosh, like how bad is this? And I remember weighing myself and I thought, Oh please, Oh please let it just be this. Let it just be this. And it was like 20 pounds more than I expected it to be. And I ended up weighing more than ever in my life Mm ever. Ever. Um, and I was really embarrassed to even share it with Frank and it's actually very freeing to be able to say it to him, especially because I, I knew it was a safe place for, for, for me to be able to share it with him. I judged him so hard that he was going to judge me and that like just that small lesson proved to me how unfair that I'm also being to other people and in speaking with him and with some of my other very close friends I decided that I was going to be fully transparent on this podcast Mm -hmm. and let you know when I have a slip up when I have a week where I didn't lose any weight or potentially even gain weight I know it's going to happen our bodies are smart and they get adjusted to the things that we're trying to do to change them And and my body has been fat and happy at this state for several months, if not maybe a year or more. Mm -hmm. So I'm, I'm putting it, I'm about to put it through the shock of its life. So, you know, I, I do say all that to say, um, I have started making some wiser choices, uh, doing some of the things that I know I need to be doing so that I can get started. Number one, I'm getting exercise. Uh, it's very intimidating for me because I was somebody who was able to easily jog a whole mile and keep up with the pack. And now I'm concerned about running 400 meters, like one lap around the track. And so, um, I actually have stepped away from CrossFit for just a minute to make sure that I'm getting just the cardio that I need and just focus on myself and not put my pressure Uh, put any added pressure on getting to class and and Mm -hmm. things like that. But I have every intention on on getting back into classes uh, when I can. And then, of course, making good, healthy choices. Um, We've gotten rid of all the crap in the cupboard. Thankfully, Frank is also on his own journey. His his recent decisions is probably one of the reasons why I did jump on the scale because he has joined a new program called Forged Fathers, Mm -hmm. um, which I I don't want to 
get too deep into it right now, but it's been really good for you. And I, I actually would like to, to interview you again um, about that program in yeah, the future absolutely. if you'd be down for uh, it. Just a small thing on it. It's mm-hmm. just really good. It's a program that's geared towards fathers, busy fathers that used to be active and have let themselves fall off. And it really dives into not just your nutrition and your physical movements of how to do the workouts, but it dives deep into your mind, Mm -hmm. why we do the things we do Mm -hmm. and how to combat those things. So it's really good. And I really like it a lot. That's what I love about it. It's so well-rounded. And and again, I, I believe that's part of the reason why I was inspired to make sure that I had the well-rounded support too, even though it Mm -hmm. wasn't part of one cohesive program. And so the other element here is, is working with a mindset coach and I've been working with her for golly, maybe like a year and a half now, maybe a little bit longer, maybe even longer. I need to look at that up. Um, and I've, I've made tremendous strides with her, but I did let her know, like I've come to the determination that this is, this is probably one of the last things that is standing in my way of being completely awesome. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm holding it. I've been holding it in place up until this point. So by getting her on board and then also contacting a lot of my closest friends and letting them know what I'm doing um, and, and kind of seeking them to seeking their support along the way has gotten me to a point emotionally where I just don't, care as much anymore about Mm. the number and how fast it goes down Mm -hmm. um and i think that's a really healthy place to be mentally yes uh and and so you know as as my my listener i'm already like feeling a fondness for you if if you are if this is ringing true to you i want to know about it so please comment and let me know what's going on with you. If you're starting with me or if you're maybe already seeing some progress, like I want to know, so you're going to probably help me just as much as I hope to help you having the weight taken off my shoulders, removing the weight myself off of my shoulders and just moving forward with this process is I think going to allow it to be fun. Mm-hmm. Now that you have that mindset that you like, I'm losing this. It's, it's it doesn't matter getting, what it says done. anymore. Yeah. It's just going to get up done. down and it, you know, as it goes, moves in whatever direction it's going to, you're still mm-hmm. in target focus, mm-hmm. which is good. Mm-hmm. Really good. Yeah. And, and, you know, one of the things that I'm going to be really excited about is working more closely with my, uh, nutritionist. She, um, I've worked with her before and actually she was the one who had me at my healthiest point. And so I'm, I'm eager to see what she has me do. And I'm glad to have somebody who is so knowledgeable to walk with me so that I'm not doing anything that could actually create more harm for my body too. Mm -hmm. So that's something that I would encourage all of you to do as well. Um, I'm going to be sharing all of my resources, all of my sources, all of my coach information with you guys so that if you need a resource of your own, if you could use some extra inspiration, um, it's going to be all out there for you with that. I think it's time for me to go ahead and have my weekly weigh in. (laughs) So, um, as I said, um, I, I had reached my heaviest weight ever and, um, I am, I'm going to be patient with the scale. And so any incremental change is going to be good enough for me. And thankfully, as I step on the scale here, 
I'm weighing in at 268.9. So I've gone down uh, a little over a pound. And so um, that tells me that I'm doing the right thing and I'm making the small changes. Um, So I'm very, very excited about that. And in the same vein, I want to leave you with a thought. It's really more of an affirmation. And it's just something that I wrote for myself this week to make sure that I'm staying mentally strong, especially as I get started here. And I wrote, I wrote here in my journal, I wrote, I am the master, the narrator, and the leader over my life and choices. So I, I am in control. I am the one speaking my story and telling the story in the way that I want to tell it. And that I am leading where I'm headed in the, in, in the steps to come. And so consider, consider that perspective for yourself um, as you go into this week uh, with your own goals. Frank, it's been so nice having you here. It's so, I'm very grateful to have somebody who can support, who is so willing to support me and help hold me accountable too. It's going to be fun doing this with you. Thank you for having me. I'm honored. I, I'm here to support you, to love you, to continue to, uh, with you through your journey. And I look forward to being on with you again. Yes. All right, folks. So I'll go ahead and drop a little teaser here for you in the next episode. I'm going to be outlining my entire game plan. I'm calling it my foolproof game plan. Cause I've got a lot of faith in this. Uh, and I'm going to be sharing every aspect with you. So if you're walking this path with me, you can also get on board with some of the same methods and tactics that I'm using as well. With that, this is Erica, the incognito athlete signing off. Check you next time.